Today we will be talking about the Clatsop Nehalem Confederated Tribes. On May 5th of last of this past year, May 5th, 2020, the North Coast Land Conservancy transferred ownership of historical tribal lands, the Neocoxie, place of Little Pines, the property that the tribes owned long ago, is now back in the hands of the Clatsop Nehalem tribes. Today on the phone, I have Dick Bash. He is the vice chairman of the Clatsop Nehalem Tribal Council. Dick, are you there? Yes. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. I also have Dick's daughter, Charlotte Bash, on the phone. Charlotte is a member of the Clatsop Nehalem and the Puyallup communities, and she's the community education coordinator for the Puyallup tribe. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning. Thanks for having us. I'm delighted to have you, too. And before we start talking about the Clatsop Nehalem Confederated Tribes, please uh, let's learn a little bit about each one of you. So, Dick, do you want to start and tell people a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. I I am a graduate of um, University of of Oregon, excuse me, um, and community service and public affairs, which in real handy working in tribal communities. Um, and I've lived in um, Halen territory for, for many, many years, not my whole life, but for many years, and uh, um, have lived in the Clasipna uh, Halen community and uh, been on council for, goodness, a long time. And the go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, have taught in many tribal schools um, throughout the Northwest, and uh, worked as director of Indian education for Seattle Public Schools. And And, Dick. um, Yes. You and your wife, Roberta, also wrote a piece for the book, Lewis and Clark Through Indian Eyes, Nine Indian Writers on the Legacy of the Expedition by Alvin Josephi, and which is something that uh, you would recommend that folks uh, become familiar with. Oh, yes. Um, we um, wrote just one chapter of the book, and uh, the others are written from different perspectives by um great tribal leaders um, throughout the country. Uh, and ours just um, was the pr- perspective from uh, the North Coast. And um, one of the – that book is an outcome uh, from my wife's experiences of mine, but also something I forgot to mention is uh, – I have been the tribal liaison for the National Park Service, the Lewis and Clark uh, National Historic Trail, for 15 years uh, until my retirement this last year. And um, through that, I worked with many tribes in helping uh, tell the tribal perspective of Lewis and Clark um, expedition. Yes, they were tourists. There was a thriving culture of Native American yes. people here. 
when they visited. Yep. And Charlotte. Oh, sorry, Dick. You know, and so I apologize, audience and everyone and, and Dick and Charlotte. There's a little delay when we're doing these phone interviews, and so sometimes we're going to probably talk over each other a bit or not maybe wait long enough for the answer. So please forgive us. This is Wabi Sabi Radio uh, doing this from home. And uh, so thanks. So sorry, Dick, did you have something else before we ask Charlotte to talk a little bit about herself? No, go, go ahead. That'd be great. Charlotte, please tell the listening audience about yourself. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Charlotte Bash. Um, Richard Bash is my father. Um, Roberta Wright Bash is my mother. I am an enrolled member of the Puyallup tribe and grew up with the Classic Mahalan community on my dad's side. Um, I was, you know, born up in Seattle area and around the Puyallup reservation, and then our family moved. Um, down to my dad's territory on the North Oregon coast and um, around the time I was in fourth grade and grew up in Seaside um, all the way up through graduation, graduated from Seaside High School and um, went off to college um, in the area, ended up going to grad school in New York. Um, before coming back, I studied museum anthropology um, and cultural studies, and I ended up um, working for the Puyallup Tribe now as the Historic Education Coordinator. Um, for a couple of years before that, I was also at the Birch Museum at the University of Washington, working in the education department. Um, you know, we'll talk a bit more about this, but a lot of my upbringing on the Oregon coast and in my um, different tribal communities really drove me to where I am today, and I really, I owe a lot of that to, of course, my parents and the tribal community, but also largely to the Classic County and North Oregon Coast community. And um, there's a lot of different aspects to that. I think that, you know, made me who I am, and I'm really proud of that. And um, there are a lot of reasons, I guess, that I'm so excited for the land transfer and to talk about it a little bit more um, in my experience, having grown up in um, the Classic County community and what that means to not just me, but the community as a whole. So thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you very much, Charlotte. And Dick, why don't you please give us an overview of um, Native people cultures here in the Pacific Northwest, the Columbia Pacific specifically, and some tribal history of the Clatsop Nehalem people? Sure, sure. Thank you. Well, long before um, the arrival of, of Europeans, um, there was such a vibrant community um, in in the Northwest, we we really didn't want for anything. Um, we had um, there's the saying that when the tide goes out, dinner is set. Um, we had salmon and, and of course clams, oysters, everything, um, and we had cedar. And cedar was was everything. It was what we made our, our ocean-going dugout canoes. It's what we used for clothing, for baskets. And um, so we had communities all along the, the lower Columbia, um, north of the river that were the Chinook families, um, south of the river, Clatsop families, and 
lots of people range from the Columbia River down to seaside with um, some living in villages in um, Cannon Beach area. And then the Halems went from um, Tillamook Bay on up to Tillamook Head and as well as into seaside. Our culture was unique because um, we were bi-culture, bicultural and bilingual. We spoke both the Clatsop dialect as well as the Nehalem. And um, villages would be, um, we would have both Clatsop and Nehalem people living in villages, even though they had different language backgrounds. Um, the, um, our, our history, um, when, when the settlers, Europeans and settlers came in, um, the class of people were um, really devastated our culture because our riches that caused us to have such a vibrant existence was provided the set was a vibrant existence. And uh, they, they started to set up um, land parcels even before the trees. And so our people were not able to go to their fishing grounds, their hunting grounds, um, their gathering places, because fences were erected. And they couldn't, they just couldn't get to them or they, they were arrested for trespassing if they attempted. Um, so in 1851, the uh, government decided that they needed to get treaties signed so that they would have the ability to um, grant ownership to the settlers. So treaties were no negotiated in 1851 at Kansi Point, and, um, and so it became legal for the settlers to own the property outright. Uh, the terms of the treaty were never implemented because they were never ratified. By the, by the government. So we started to fall through the cracks in the mid-1800s. Um, and many of our families were just had to move out of the area and move to families at Bay Center with the Chinook people, move to Quinault, move to other reservations. But one interesting thing is a tribal member owned 20 acres near Garibaldi, which became a haven for Clatsop and Nehalem people um, and our, our, our hereditary chief, Joe Scoville, was raised there. And um, so that became like a quasi-reservation for us. We, we squeaked out in existence um, until 1951, when there was legislation to terminate all Western Oregon tribes. So it was a double whammy. Not only did we have a unrecognized treaty, we ended up being as a people on top of that. Um, and then in the 18, 1980s, Joe Scoville and others, it was called the process to 
recognize the federal government, which has turned out to be futile. Um, that has that has not happened, and so that, in a nutshell, is is the history of our existence. And and I have left a lot out because of um, trying to be brief. And those of you that know me know how difficult that is. Uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, thank you, Dick, so much for that overview. You're right. There's such a richer, deeper history, and, and I would really encourage people to go to the Clatsop Nehalem website, which is clatsop-nehalem.com. It's an excellent website. You also have a Facebook page, um, and it explains uh, about what you're and, – and let's talk actually about what a little bit what's on the website, which is – what are the goals now? Because the most important thing I think that I read when um, uh, Charlotte wrote a piece for the Daily Astorian is that when you were growing up, Charlotte, a lot of people did not, they, you heard people saying there aren't any Native Americans here anymore. And thank heaven that's changing. And that's one of your goals. And on the website, why don't we just visit, um, Charlotte, what are the goals of the Classic Nehalem Confederated Tribes? So on the website, you know, I think we did our best to put our goals and some of our traditional ways um, down, quote unquote, paper. Um, and you know, those, what we consolidated them into are things like protecting and enhancing cultural resources, fostering tribal participation in local events, um, increasing communication between the tribe, its members, and our neighbors in the community, and. That, that one I just wanted to take a minute because I think really everything that's on the website and everything that we talk about as our goals and our traditional values, it really comes down or boils down to education. And that's I think education for our community members um, outside of the tribe as well as within the tribe. Just like my dad said, I think we have a very long history, like many tribes, if not all tribes in the United States, of having our culture, our traditional life ways, um, our family structures completely decimated, um, you know, whether that was having our population wiped out, you know, 90% of the population wiped out by disease within the first decade of um, settled European settlement or what else over the next couple hundred years. But really what it comes down to, I think, is educating our own tribal people um, and making sure that we all are aware of the community that we have and the vibrant culture that we have um, and that's creating that support system for each other, but then also educating the community around us. Um, yeah, growing up, just like you said, um, you know, I, I was very, very lucky to never experience overt racism or, you know, anything that I, I, um, I think I was very lucky to not experience anything that was just in your face. Um, however, I, you know, definitely struggled with identity um, the identity of being a Native American person or even a person of color, I think, in um, Clatsop County or in the North Coast community. And, um, you know, our, I had educators and teachers that did their best to teach about the local history and um, tribes, but there's just so little out there about it. Um, and so now to be an adult and see what kids are learning and being contacted by local children or students asking, you know, they want to do a history project in their history class or 
some of them, you know, maybe it's not even assignment. They're just genuinely curious about the history of the place they're growing up in. And um, so that's, that's just so exciting, and I can't even express. Um, I'm almost jealous, I guess, of those kids growing up in, um, you know, in the school districts or in the community today because of um, just how much more they're learning and how much more excitement there is for learning the, the true history of the place that they're growing up in. Um, but not to get too far off, this is by and large one of our largest goals, I think, um, as a Crossing Hammond tribe. Yes, because unfortunately, Lewis and Clark get all the, the they get all the print. You know, they get all, uh, and and so a lot of people again are not aware that there are Native American peoples living here, and and so it's a hopeful sign that you see Classic County youth reaching out to local tribes for school history projects, and then there is even now some educational and informational signage going up uh, to talk about the the historic and the ongoing presence of the Clatsop and other tribal people, and, and, and a lot of that is due to the work that you all are doing. And if you have just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today I'm speaking with Dick Bash. He is the vice chairman of the Clatsop Nahalem Tribal Council and also his daughter, Charlotte Bash. She's a member of the Clatsop Nahalem and the Puyallup communities, and she's the community education coordinator for the Puyallup tribe. This land transfer is very important. Um, Dick, do you want to tell us a little bit about this and what is that property like, what is the history, and what are your plans for the property? Well, I'd like to follow up on what Charlotte mentioned as far as our goals. Uh, yes. As far as protecting and enhancing our cultural resources and education. Um, with the land transfer, we are able to, uh, well, they fit perfectly um, with, with our goals. We, um, there has been a village site um, at that location where many of our ancestors um, actually live and walk. And um, so being able to have that be our place again, um, is incredibly important because of the value we put in spirituality and education. Um, and opportunity to um, partner with the North Coast Land Conservancy on, on hopefully many upcoming projects. But um, they have, we have worked with them and known them for many years. Um, and they they know us intimately, and they know our goals and, and just who we are as a, as, as a people. So this opportunity came up that um, just fit between, with their and our goals. Um, we hope to build a, a small longhouse on the property that would also be um, a, a museum and a, a place that we can also provide education for, sure, tribal peoples, but also for the community. Uh, it is our hope that just as fourth graders go to Fort Clapsett to learn about Lewis and Clark um, there, just think it would be ideal if they could also come to our cultural center that we're 
So is there something that I, uh, that the listening audience can do? I know that, um, that eventually you might want some volunteers to help steward the land, but you're in the early stages now of, of envisioning how you want to, um, to work with that land. So, um, yes, in the future, we, um, are hoping to, um, get some volunteers to help steward it, to help, um, with, with creating trails or with keeping an eye on it. Um, it is a place that's been known to have, um, some people sleeping in the woods. And so we need to, um, keep an eye out for, for that. And so in the future, we're hoping to put the word out that, um, we would like some stewards um, to help with that as well as um, create things for, help us create things for the property. And there are, um, I want to add just two other ways I think that people can, you know, we're always hearing that people want to help and so um, we're trying to provide those, those avenues. Um, the tribe, of course, is, while the land transfer happened, um, the tribe is looking for resources, monetary, and just people power to uh, maintain the land. Um, like my dad mentioned, that in the future we'll be looking for volunteers to help steward it. Um, if people, you know, aren't able to volunteer, um, another way we have donation options on our website that are listed. Um, we are a we are a nonprofit. We are a 501c3 and are always looking for um, donations, whether that's directly through. Um, our website and PayPal. We also are connected with Amazon Smile, which donates 0.5% um, of purchase um, price to various organizations, including ours, um, and for admire. And then um, the last thing I wanted to throw in is another option that I think you know is just as powerful as just educating yourself, and, um, family, your community members about the history. Um, our community has such a rich history, and there are so many resources out there. Um, to educate yourself about that and to um, recognize the complexity of um, tribal history in that place. And um, that's just something that I think cannot be understated uh, or, or cannot be overstated, you know, is how important it really is to educate ourselves. Yes, and yeah. more, than, more than ever, we need the wisdom of the, of the land-based, the indigenous peoples, the native peoples who are here, here, and... On the website, I would encourage people to read the traditional ways, the things that you value, which are, you know, working together for the good of all people. I mean, there's so many lovely um, things that we need to consider and to actively bring into our, our culture. Our cultures must learn from each other, and you have much to teach us, much wisdom. And so we just have a few minutes left, and I want to give each of you a minute or two to say anything else we may not have talked about. There's there's so much we could talk for hours. So, uh, Dick, is there anything that you would like the listening audience to know that perhaps we haven't talked about? Well, I'd, I'd just like to reemphasize that um, education has been, from day one, education has been our primary goal. And um, I, I ask people to um, send an email to info at clatsop-nehalem.com and we'll provide a link to 
to educational materials. We have um, spent a lot of time and a lot of effort in developing, a, one of them is a small curriculum uh, that is available and hopefully the schools will be tapping into on classic Mahalan people. But there's also just a lot of historical documents and information that are available. And we are trying to figure out how to get that out. And that is one area we need help in is, is um, uh, website uh, creation. And so, um, or expansion, I should say. So I, I, that's my main final word is, is um, please find out more about the tribal people that live in the Columbia Pacific region. Yes, thank you so much, Dick. And Charlotte? Yeah, I know we don't have too much time here, but I just want to reiterate what you were saying um, about our traditional values, and I think just like you said, now more than ever, it's so important to look to those um, communities, you know, not just indigenous, but underrepresented communities throughout our country. And some of the values, we list some of them on our website, um, but we emphasize working cooperatively together, honoring um, old ones, our ancestors, our elders for their teachings. Um, we are all about giving and sharing. That's something that our ancestors have carried on and taught us since the beginning of time. Um, and I think that is more important than ever, that it's more important to consider what you give to your community, to your family, to another person than it is what you get back from that. And um, you know, we're really hoping that this land transfer and the publicity that has come from it um, really goes to just lift up those values and the importance of those traditional ways and education of everyone in our community, because all, all boats rise on the same so um, that's just the message that we're hoping to get out from this. Thank you, Charlotte. Well, I thank both of you so very much, Dick and Charlotte Bash of the Clatsop Mahalem tribes. You can go to their website, clatsop-mahalem.com. There are ways that you can engage to help them bring educational information to our area and beyond, because how can we truly understand and appreciate where we live if we don't know the history? And uh, also you can buy Lewis and Clark to Indian Eyes, uh, many ways to be involved. And um, I am so looking forward to uh, seeing Nia Coxie and to what you all will do with that sacred piece of land. So thank you both so much for making time to talk with us today. And um, Dylan, <laughs> thank you. And Dylan, Dylan, thank you for your technological uh wonderment and um, and my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself. And in fact, let's all take that moment right now to take a very deep healing breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. It grounds us. And then with gratitude, focus on all the good things in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well. Focus on the things that are with gratitude and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, the only one. And for doing the best you can. We do what we can until we know better. And for being here now in this moment, the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet 
we call Earth. 